0: This episode today is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co. Grinding Coffee, a black LGBTQ owned coffee business that donates a portion of every sale to charity. Coffee is imported from around the world and they pride themselves on great customer service for a small team. Use promo code pitlaneparlay for 13% off your order.
1: Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay Formula One Edition. I am your host, Mike Joachim. Frenchie is here. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and more on our the network we're part of, Evergreen Podcast Network. You can go to evergreenpodcast.com for more information. They've got a lot of cool shows. And Frenchie, unlike a lot of cool shows, the Mexican Grand Prix was not a cool show. I don't know what you thought, but I might be one of the more boring races we've had this year, if not the most boring race we've had this year.
0: No, I think that's going out on a limb to say it's the most boring, but it definitely wasn't one of the more exciting Grand Prix that we've had, and I was looking forward to it being a good one after Austin. I thought Mexico was going to be a little bit better, but it turned into another one of those where the whole middle part of the race, I found myself pretty distracted and not super interested or paying attention until... The last couple laps where I got back into it.
1: Yeah, I was oops, sorry, I just smashed my phone into the microphone. That's real professional of me.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair.
1: Uh, I I don't know. I think at that point I was just kind of like most excited that the race was finally over and you know Verstappen was was easily ahead. Obviously the Sergio Perez battle, you know, trying to get back in it to battle with Lewis for second was a was entertaining, but there was a lot that wasn't. So let's let's there's there's really only a handful at the most of things to talk about. So, lap one, Verstappen gets a mega start on the outside. On the inside, Hamilton and Botas both don't take really a great line into the corner. Uh, so, yeah, they didn't, they didn't really set themselves up very well. And then as Botas kind of tries to slide over there, he... Uh, accidentally tags daniel ricardo's wing daniel had kind of i think locked up the brakes tried to correct it and then as he corrected it kind of steered into botas so what would you think of the lap one kerfluffle
0: i think it's just bound to happen sort of guys trying to improve their position going into a tight corner there after a long straight i mean we saw it last night in our uh plp gp league at monza talk about one of those corners where everyone just locks up and smashes into each other
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's a fact there so I, I i so the the mercedes crew was very upset there was there was no penalties but i don't agree i don't really think it was egregious on either part i think it was just one of those lap one racing deals
0: yeah i mean it seemed like botas backed out of it to as he saw kind of hamilton and verstappen pushing forward, surging forward around him and was willing to sort of line up in third place and chase them around. Uh, But I I don't see any kind of reason to penalize Ricardo or Botas. I mean, it was just sort of one of those things of trying to avoid each other and there was no room on the track.
1: Yeah, fair. Outside of that, essentially nothing happened until the aforementioned Perez-Hamilton battle, which was pretty cool to watch. I think fortunate that Mick Schumacher and Yuki Sonoda, you know, were knocked out on lap one because they went careening off of I think Okan's car was who, who had slowed down to avoid all the all the mayhem. But all right, so let's let's break down a few more things. We'll we'll get to the Yuki thing. Yeah, we'll we'll do that now. So uh, in qualifying in, in Q three, Yuki Sonoda was in front of both of the Red Bull cars eventually decided listen i'm just gonna get out of the way here so he kind of goes into a a runoff area which accidentally distracts sergio perez and christian horner had some choice words saying we got cenoted, which was a bit extreme but what did you you think of what yuki did and then the the criticism afterwards
0: i really don't see any wrong in what he did to be honest that i don't Based on what I saw all over Twitter and the rest of the internet with everybody saying, keep your chin up and keep your head up, Yuki, you know, you're fine. Uh, I think even the Mercedes admin on Twitter posted something like that, replied to him. Yeah, I don't know what else he was expected to have done in that place. I mean, if he's not going to impede the lap, he's got to pull off. And then I'm sorry, Sergio, you know, got spooked by that and went into the runoff right after him I mean I I don't know what to say about that that's just Red Bull I think looking for a scapegoat for why they didn't get a front row lockout in qualifying
1: I have nothing to add there it was a little silly and his oh well the internet takes everything out of proportion afterwards like yes he's not wrong but you still said we got cenoted, which was really dumb and then what else happened I don't think there's too much oh well We do have to bring up the fact that Nikita Mazepin had such a bad day that even Nicholas Latifi, who finished in P-17, lapped him. So,
0: (laughs) Pathetic. (laughs) Just unbelievably pathetic.
1: Yeah, he's, you know, and and we're not going to go into what potentially happened in a Red Bull party this weekend, but just go on the internet and you can make your own assumptions about why we're laughing at Mazepin yet again. He's a scumbag and doesn't deserve to be anywhere near formula one or formula e or extreme e or any sort of racetrack but i don't think we're gonna see f1 do anything about it because they only care about the money
0: we race as one mike
1: unless the bank has a lot of money unless the paycheck has a lot of money
0: yeah unless that one has to have a lot of zeros after it
1: (laughs) yeah yikes and okay the other the other thing before we recap Predictions and talk about driver of the day and all that. Antonio Giovinazzi was incredibly critical in a sly way about the Alfa Romeo strategy. He was up to sixth after the red flag, fell back to seventh or eighth on the restart, which was to be expected. He got passed by the stronger Ferrari, and I think he got passed by Vettel, if I'm not mistaken. But they left him out to a point where the he got undercut by about four different guys he got in in the end finished 11th Lando Alonzo Raikkonen and Vettel all finished ahead of ahead of where he was after the first lap on the restart there and he pretty much was just like he didn't come out and say that that was stupid but he had some choice words so do you think that indicates that Gio knows he is not coming back to Alfa Romeo and he's he's not going to play the politics game anymore. He's just now he's going to, you know, speak his mind and and stand up.
0: I hope not uh, because I personally like Gio and I think he's got the talent that he hasn't really been able to show in those cars. But I don't see another spot for him and we've heard all these rumors about him being replaced. So probably that's probably the most likely scenario here. Yeah, I unfortunately agree there. There's rumors that a
1: young driver is going to replace him. Take that for what you will. But how old is Giovinazzi? Not old. I don't. I don't know off the top of my head here. Let's see. Mister Giovinazzi is 27.
0: So he's slightly younger than me. And he's I don't, like don't consider myself old. Standards. Yeah, that's that gets crazy. Yeah, I, I, whatever.
1: Do you have anything else from the race or should we dive into uh,
0: driver of the day? I did have a couple more things from the race, yeah. actually a couple of like kind of reactions. Um, the first one is I think this made Max the only driver to win three times at Mexico. Correct. Which kind of puts him in an elite status, at least at this track. It's pretty impressive. I mean, the guy's got nine wins on the season. So that's tying, you know, some real classic champions like Nigel Mansell and, uh, you know, Rosberg, Hamilton, you know, guys who went on to win the championship. So I think, what does Hamilton have? Five wins right to, on the season, I think. Um, to be honest, I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's five. <laughs> so, you know, the, the fight's close, but I think he's really putting a stamp on 2021 and we'll see how it shakes out. But I just wanted to talk about that real quick and... The second and last thing I wanted to mention before we move on from Mexico is that there were some pretty interesting takes that I saw on the Twitter um, from, you know, pretty famous people in motorsports. So I want to read you two quotes and just get your your thoughts on them, your opinions. Okay. The first is from our boy Dario Franchitti, who said, the Mexican fans are incredible, which we can't argue with that. They look Thanks. amazing. They were so excited to be at the track, it was awesome. Um, But he asks, am I the only one who'd like to see radios banned? It would be very interesting to see how the drivers handled strategy, etc. without the constant advice from their teams. I think no. No, because that's, I mean, no. That's a terrible idea. I think he's coming from the I'm a Formula E commentator perspective where they can pretty much do any little gimmicky. Yeah. I mean, I like Formula E, but... You know, to add that in Formula One, can you imagine what the fans would say?
1: Yeah, I just don't think that's a good idea. I think for many reasons, not only from a strategy, but from a safety perspective, if somebody's tire pressure is low or they notice something on the telemetry, I, no, I'm not
0: that hard, hard no on that one. Honestly, the radio messages are sometimes the most entertaining parts of the race. What about um, yeah. Mazepin, going back to him, and what did his <laughs> uh, engineer say to him? It was something hilarious.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. It was it was during qualifying, and then Mick Schumacher was in front of him, and uh, that was the first time I've heard somebody really give shit back to Mazepin, and uh, I great, I mean, the internet greatly
0: enjoyed it, but I got a big cackle out of that one. Yeah, I, I laughed out loud. So definitely go back and find that if you guys didn't see it over the weekend. Um, yes. And the, the other quote is from Graham Rahal. Who was a little bit harsher he said f1 has mastered reality tv they've mastered the quote-unquote show now they genuinely must improve the racing today was awful it has to get better so
1: my initial reaction to that is much different more different than when you than when you sent it to me and i had some time to think about it over the last 48 hours but okay he's not <coughs> he's not wrong but every every motorsport, I mean, every sport in general is going to have a clunker of a race, a clunker of a game. It's just bound to happen. Even if these, the, the new 2022 cars or the new NAS cars or the soon-to-be new Indy cars produce better racing, there's still going to be a race that's just a dud. So, and I think in general, this year F1 has been much better than it's been in the past for whatever reason we can discuss at a later date, but I think kind of isolating Mexico as a as a look on the entire 2021 season is not correct. So I respect his you know his his thought and 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 I think at a high level he's not wrong, but I it, I don't think it's fair to say, you know, F1 racing is terrible just based on watching Mexico because we know Graham has watched more than Mexico, so I don't think that's a fair statement to make.
0: I think in his insult he actually wraps up a really nice compliment in that they really have mastered the right. show, like the graphics, the announcing, just the whole package of entertainment is so clean, so put together that I think IndyCar is on its way up. I think NBCSN has been doing a really good job as a comparison, but um, yeah, if you can you imagine having you know IndyCar type competitive racing with that kind of F1 production? So hopefully we'll see that going forward with the 2022 yeah. cars. It would be incredible.
1: I'm all for IndyCar having something along those lines. Totally cool. I don't think it should be the exact same as Drive to Survive, but we can can save that for another day. Um, All right,
0: so your driver of the day. I'm going to go with Kimi Raikkonen. I don't know when we're going to get to do that ever again because he's retiring at the end of the season, and he finished eighth in an alpha. So I think definitely got to be Kimi for me. I think he surprised me, at least finishing up that high, and... Hopefully, he finishes out the rest of the season in the points, too. All right, I'm
1: going Pierre Gasly. Best of the rest after the podium and just really had a strong weekend from start to finish. And it was, was one of five cars not to get lapped. So, yeah, granted, he was 45 seconds behind the podium, which is two-thirds of a lap, if not a little bit more than that. But, yeah, I'll go Gasly. Okay, disappointment of the weekend.
0: I guess people are going to think I really hate this guy, and I'm not the biggest fan, but I don't want to seem biased, but I think Lance Stroll, he made a Indeed. lot of big mistakes and just really didn't do it for me this weekend. I think I said to you at some point over the weekend that he's just seems to be a little bit too cocky lately and just making dumb mistakes.
1: Yeah, his qualifying error was really, really bad. So I... two laps down 16th place just didn't really have the pace after looking pretty good on saturday but this was very reminiscent of 2020 williams where they'd show some pace on saturday and then quietly disappear on sunday most weekends so back to the woodshed yeah they're, they're 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 breaking out the 2022 woodshed as we speak all right dark horse top 10 finisher you had sebastian vettel well done I had George Russell, as I just said. Nope, you win that one. Bad weekend. You had Yuki. Yep, he DNF, so that's not very good. I had Carlos Sainz. Jesus Christ! but he finish fifth or sixth? He yeah, sixth. Yep. Good weekend. You had Lando. He finished tenth. Pretty good race. You know, he started nineteenth or twentieth because of the engine penalty. Finished tenth. All right. I had Sergio Perez finished P3 and had a good battle for P2, but he's in a Red Bull, so I'll give you the win on that one. That was, that was just not, not a good week for me in, in predictions, but do we have any news to get to on your front?
0: Yeah, I've got a couple things. Uh, going off that Ferrari and McLaren topic, actually, um, they're really swinging back and forth with each other in the points. And Charles Leclerc said that the battle for third in the championship, the team's championship, is probably not going to come down to speed, but who makes fewer mistakes? And given what yeah. we saw from McLaren over the weekend with Ricardo not in the points and Lando in 10th getting one point, and then both Ferraris up there in, what, fifth and sixth getting points, um, I think he may be right. What do you think? Yeah, I I mean, you could say that about the
1: battle for the championship, too, because even though max is now up by 19 that's very easy to overcome if if he makes a mistake again but speaking directly about ferrari and mclaren yeah I, I think their speed is close i think ferrari might be a touch faster mclaren might have a touch better strategy which isn't saying much because Ferrari's strategy has always been a little bit of a joke but yeah i think it's going to come down to the last race either i think mclaren's up by somewhere around like 13 or 14 points overall now so it's it maybe a little bit more than that but
0: not much so yeah i would agree with that who you got then who do you think is going to come out on top between the two of them Ooh, i think ferrari they just they seem the second half
1: of this year like they've really found something where they're you know they might not contend with red bull and, and mercedes every weekend but they're a, at least one of their cars is a, is a clear top five almost every weekend
0: Yeah, as boring as it is to just agree with you, I think I'm going to have to agree. Because even if they don't get a win all season, I'm pretty sure they've been way more consistent than McLaren. And I think that's going to come out in the end of the season results.
1: Yeah, agreed there. Anything else?
0: Yeah, just two more things before we get to Brazil. Um, The first is that Michael Massey has assured everyone that the Jeddah circuit will be ready in time for the Saudi GP.
1: Michael... I respect you. You're probably a very smart man, but I see the pictures. It doesn't look that great still, and I'm not saying it won't, but I'm also not going to – I'm not ready to give it the uh, stamp of approval yet because it still needs a lot of work. The hospitality suites are not done. Pit lane is nowhere near done, so I – it's going to be really close. I'll say that.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to be working up to the last minute, and I am – Confident, given what everyone's been saying, that the race will happen. Will it be a mess? Will there be random problems on the circuit? Will there be small issues that pop up over the whole weekend? I think we're going to see a lot of that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. You remember what weekend that race is? Oh, it's it's December. It's 5th. At, yeah, it's the weekend of Mountain Indy for Motorsports Trade Show. So I, uh, I'll have to make sure to pay attention. Because I think it's like at 8 in the morning. It's not one of those like 4 a.m. starts like we usually get in the Middle East. So that's that's good. All right. So before we get to Brazil, I have one trivia for you. And this is going back to Mexico. The last 10 Mexican Grand Prixs have seen 10 different pole award winners. How many of them can you name? The last 10? the last 10 yes and just to give you a little bit of reference that would be 1989 1990 91 92 and then 2015
0: to present okay so let's just throw out a mansel yep okay let's 89 and 90 and 91 you said so that's got to be either prost or senna uh senna is one no not not prost though does burger have a pole there burger is
1: 1990 okay so i've gotten three yep you have 92 90 and 89 you're missing 91 in the present 91 could that be
0: ricardo Petresi? yes sir 2015 to present um i'm gonna say vettel's got a poll in there yep 2017 lewis hamilton 2016 does mark weber have a poll in there no sir okay Nico Rosberg,
1: 2015. So you've got 18, 19, 21. Obviously, 21 was Botas, So I'll give you that one. You've got yeah 18 and 19.
0: Okay. So did Leclerc win a poll at some point? MXC? Leclerc was
1: 19. You're just missing 2018.
0: Oh, I can't remember that. It was a Ricardo. It was yes. Yes. Ten. 10. Well, actually, nine for
1: nine because I, I just it.
0: guessed a bunch of drivers that would have polls, though. <laughs> but that was I like that <laughs> trivia question.
1: Yeah, I found that graphic online, but. Okay, so we're going into Brazil this weekend, uh, Frenchie, I'll turn it over to you if you want to start with history of racing there, or if you want to start with times for the weekend,
0: you take it wherever you want. Okay, so I'll start with the history there, and we'll get to the times a little bit later. Um, and so, not to bore everyone, I'm not going to go into, you know, detailed yeah. history. You guys can go read about that. But F1's been racing in Brazil uh, at Interlagos, actually. The what is it, Autodromo? Jose Carlos Pache. I don't even bother trying to figure it out. Carlos Jose Pache, uh, something like that.
1: Jose Carlos Pache. Here. Oh, this is Portuguese. Uh, you see, now now I really look like an asshole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Crap. Um, okay, but so it's they started at Interlagos in 1972, and it was a non-championship event. Um, and Carlos Reutemann actually won that event um, okay. before Emerson Fittipaldi. Brazilian, right? First Brazilian F1 champion won in 73 and 74. And then Carlos Pache, who died um, in F1 in a plane crash, I think, in the late oh, 70s, died, won in 75. So they had three Brazilians win the first three races at Inter- Interlagos. Um, and then we went in the early 80s to Hacarepagua. And I'm probably going to get some heat for saying that wrong if I said it wrong. But um, <laughs> But those races were cool. I remember watching some of the, the highlights of those before we obviously came back to Interlagos and have been there ever since 1990. Um, and I'm, I'm excited. I don't like how we keep changing the name of these Grand Prix. We were just talking about that before we started the podcast. I always just call it like the Mexican Grand Prix, the Brazilian Grand Prix. Last weekend, it was the Mexico City Grand Prix and... This weekend it's the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. So apparently we're changing it from the country to naming it after the city. Yeah, I don't
1: I'm not I'm not feeling this, but you know, whatever. I'm still going to call it the Brazilian Grand Prix because I don't know if you noticed on Twitter last weekend everybody the ha- the literally the hashtag with the little like emoji next to it was Mexico GP. So yeah. even Twitter didn't care. Yeah, I don't even think the F1 social media used Mexico City GP.
0: So whoops. When your country has one Formula One race, it's just going to be named after the country. If you have multiple, yeah. like where you have to do what we did during 2020, makes sense where you have to differentiate them, but I don't see why they're doing this. Anyway, that was a stupid little rant.
1: That's fair.
0: All right. Time's for the weekend. All right. So FP1 comes up on Friday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, um, and then we're going to have qualifying, because right, this is our last sprint race weekend of the year. Oh, is it so, a sprint race? Yeah. Oh. It's the third and final one. So qualifying is on friday at 2 p.m and then okay. fp2 saturday morning at 10 followed by the sprint race on saturday at 2 30 p.m and then the race is sunday at noon all right that's not bad i still like oh i might
1: be busy sunday that might that might be a t- that might be a tough one for, for for personal reasons as as you know so that might, that might be one i have to watch on on replay let's uh let's cross our fingers and be positive all right we're going to jump right into predictions and first up we're going to switch it we're going to slightly change our sprint race prediction we're going to do who is going to finish p3
0: in the sprint race Ooh, um let's say botas okay he's He's gonna gonna be on a rampage after what happened this past weekend i think
1: that's that's fair i'm gonna take carlos Sainz. i'll give him a good good one after i dogged him last week all right dark horse top 10
0: dark horse top 10 let's say yuki comes back from last weekend and does well this time out just to show the red bull guys that they're wrong about him I'm surprised take, they haven't replaced him with Kvyat by now, honestly, given Red Bull's track record. They're just like, oh, bye.
1: Well, Kvyat's like off like pretending he's a NASCAR driver going to the NASCAR races, so who really knows what he's doing right now? Isn't he also Alpine's guy right now or something like that? Like He's been doing uh, testing for Alpine. You're right. I get confused by futile. that. I, for the Dark Horse Top 10, will take Kimi Räikkönen. Your bad weekend prediction.
0: Let us go with Lando. All
1: right, and despite picking him to have a good weekend last weekend, sprint races don't seem to be Sergio Perez's friend. So I am going to say Sergio Perez has a bad weekend. No, he's all Blessed. about tire strategy. So yeah, and that's not necessarily his fault. So I it's hard to really blame him. But I think he I think he was the one who made a mistake in the last sprint race wherever that was Monza or whatever okay good weekend Leclerc is gonna have a good weekend all right Leclerc I will take Sebastian Vettel because I want to well he's a past winner there yeah and he's better than his teammate but I don't think that's saying too much okay so that did you know is... that Lance and Nikita oh, Mazepin are
0: friends I mean that explains a lot, and re- re- really, yeah, I heard that. that. No, no, I heard something about that. Like, um, Wait, I, I thought, I thought they, they were saying posts.
1: Lance and Lewis Hamilton were friends.
0: No, apparently they are too. But oh god, there was a post oh. from Haas social media at one point on Twitter that I, I'll have to go back and see if I can find it. I think I sent to you where they captioned it "Hi bestie" or something or "Besties," and it was um, Mazapin and Stroll walking together. And Crofty said something about it on the broadcast this weekend, I think.
1: I'm filled with disappointment right and now. And confusion. Yeah. I got Two rich right. well, uh,
0: sociopaths. Let's we go Brazil.
1: Difference. It's going to be a great race this weekend. Manifesting positive vibes and all that fun stuff. Thank you again to Evergreen Podcast for continuing to host us week after week. And all of our lovely... Sponsors and supporters of the show, including the lovely Team Pit Lane membership group. If you want to learn how to join that, click the link that's in our episode notes. It's also on our link tree, which you can find in the Twitter bio, Instagram bio, probably on Facebook somewhere. I don't know, Facebook bio, whatever you call that crap. You mean Meta? Meta. meta. (laughs) I'm not going there. Sorry, I'm just trolling you at this point. Ladies and gentlemen.